and welcome to our Truly Scrumptious podcast, where we talk food festivals, festival food, foodie friends and friends of the festival. In each episode, we will chat to some of our many friends, our celebrity chefs and bakers, food producers, festival team and other people involved in the festival world. We'll even hear some backstage gossip. It's a huge world. It's a hard-working one and great fun too, although a tad stressful at times. My name is Lottie Duncan, and I'm a food presenter, writer, and eater. We want to bring our food festivals to your door, your ears, your living room, and most definitely your kitchen. So draw up your chair, pour yourself something scrumptious, take the weight off your slingbacks, and join us within the world of food, festivals, and foodie types. This week, we have a chocker-full episode of yumminess. We're heading to Tame to meet up with the winner of last year's Tame Food Festival bursary, Simon Hartley. We then zoom to Northern Ireland to chat with one of my favourite ladies, the gloriously funny, joyous and top chef that is Paula McIntyre. Then we talk to the Queen of Air Frying, Claire Andrews. Every year, Tame Food Festival offers a bursary to a brand new small local food business. This includes a £1,000 of free pitch, PR and marketing help and mentorship. Last year, Simon from Hartley's Cookery School applied and won. Recently, he invited the TFF team to join him for a tapas extravaganza at his cookery school and we couldn't get there fast enough. He cooked up a storm, we ate enormously and can testify to not only his delicious food but also his great communication and teaching skills. The idea with these prawns uh, or gambas a la Hino, Spanish isn't great, um, is from the little tapas bar that I used to go into in Pienza and it was just amazing. No frills, you know, just bare bones, wooden tables and chairs and the most amazing tapas used to come out of that kitchen. We used to know it was time to go there when we used to see the guy who owned it leave the bar. He'd leave in the bar, then he'd go to open up, so oh, come on. <laughs> and then he'd just throw some food out at us. We ended up having the most amazing night. His wife came down to join, food on the table, everything tapas should be. Food on the table, wine flowing, it was wonderful. And these prawns are what I remember the most, and this is, uh, so I had them there. I couldn't get over the flavour of the oil, that was the key thing. So what you 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 cooked chili and garlic? Is um, it? Yeah. You took, cooked the shells, haven't you? In yeah. oil. All these heads and claws and so on that would normally go in the bin or whatever have gone infused into the oil first. So we've taken all that flavour out of the shells that would normally get left in the bin. And now I put the prawns, deshelled or langos in this case, deshelled in that oil. I've infused it with a little bit of garlic. Let the garlic sort of. I always like it just turned brown, so it's almost nutty in here. And a little bit of chilli. I, I hold back on the chilli a bit because everybody's palate's different, especially when we're teaching in the courses and so on. Um, but what I then recommend and say is pop that on the table. If you like yours a little bit spicier, yeah. help yourself. Mm. You know, that'll do the job. And then I've got the langoustines, deveined, peeled. Pop this back onto the heat, it's oil now. And they'll take 30 seconds. It makes sense with this, right, but we use a lot of lemon in the cookery school as a seasoning, not just as 
flavour. We're not looking to make things lemony or acidic, but we're looking for flowers the rest of it. And that's what I encourage a lot of in the courses, do you like challenge your palate, you know, because I, it's not up for me to tell you how much chilli you like or how much salt or pepper or whatever you like. I then got a chance to catch up with Simon. Simon Hartley, I can see you in your beautiful cookery school. I mean, behind you, I can see shelves and knives and pots and pans and everything <laughs> looking fabulous in there. And um, Hartley's Cookery School opened in January 2022 in Haddenham in Buckinghamshire. Um, a beautiful part of the world in the, in the leafy Chilterns. And our connection, my connection with you, is the fact that you applied last year for the Tame Food Festival bursary, which we'll go into a little bit more in a, in a second. And you won. <laughs> and you won. Um, so it was, it, was, it was a wonderful one. I think. But just tell me initially about sort of what you do briefly at the cookery school and, and where you were before your cookery school. So at the cookery school, we provide a range of different courses, um, half days, full days, uh, evening masterclasses, something we started doing as well. Um, and it's really, we try and find a mix for if there's anything you're particularly passionate about. Maybe we have fish and seafood days, tapas days, uh, bread making. Um, we do best of season courses where we focus on like what's really really good at the minute and what to do with it it's all about just giving new exciting ideas um, and hopefully putting a bit of inspiration into the guests that come and cook um, so they go away with new ideas new techniques and a little bit of energy to get back into the kitchen and do some cooking for themselves yeah, because I think uh, a lot of the time people are a bit sort of, they need inspiration because they'll do hmm. the same collective, probably five dishes week in, week out, and they won't change. So you're just giving them inspiration and different ideas and, and skill sets. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, take our, our show-stopping veg course. I love that course because it's, obviously we had to do a vegetarian one. We had to focus on but I didn't want it to be, you know, uh, stuffed peppers and, build aubergines and things. What we do on that one is we take the vegetable and show you something quite unique, something completely different. Um, essentially treat it like meat in a way by making it the star of the show. So on that one, for example, we get this, we get a humble celeriac and turn it into this most amazing, rich, deep sauce. It, you know, people just don't believe me when I tell them we're gonna do that, but it's amazing from one ingredient, the skins and the roasting and all that sort of stuff, we get a lovely deep meaty sauce. Um, so that, yes, for that inspiration part of thing, I think people get a lot out of that and start to, it starts to make people see their creative side again and start cooking. Because everyone loves to cook in this nation. I mean, we are a nation of food, foodies, aren't we? And you certainly see yeah. that at the food festivals as well. You know, the people that come, mm, they have sure. a real interest in it. So tell me mm. a little bit before... Um, before cookery school, what, what you were doing, you know, travelling the world, probably, I'm presuming, and, and cooking wonderful places? Yeah, been here, there and everywhere. Um, 
Most recently, before uh, opening the school, I was working at um, Le Manoir, Cat Um which was wonderful because I joined there because I wanted to I wanted to move my career more into teaching. That's what I wanted to teach. I'd been to restaurants, private work, all over the place, and then thought, actually, teaching is what I think I'm going to love. So where better to learn to do it? So I joined the Raymond Blanc Cookery School. Oh, with Mark, with Mark Peregrine. With Mark, exactly. Yeah, lovely man. Yeah, he was, and you know, Mark and Mikey, the tutors there, um, they really, you know, to learn from the way they operate, the way they teach, the way they operate the cookery school was amazing. And it was just about soaking it in and learning from them and seeing all the different ideas and things that we could do. Um, I also spent some time in the main kitchen, um, in the back area where they put the goods received, the butchery, the fish prep, all that sort of stuff. And that was because things got a bit complicated over lockdown because there wasn't space in the school because you could only have a certain amount of people in and restrictions and all that weird stuff. Um, so that was what I was doing most recently before I decided to leave um, and to open up the cookery school. But I've been, <clears throat> um, when I, le- I did catering college, then I went off to the French Alps because a friend of mine said, I'm going to do a ski season. Do you want to come? I said, yeah, what's that? I, I had no <laughs> idea what I was letting myself in for. I'd never been skiing, never even seen a ski resort. Um, but got a very good job with a company called Scott Dunn, luxury tour, travel operators. And so we were, all of a sudden, I was given this multi-million pound chalet to look after and cook for guests in. Um, and that was wonderful because you get complete autonomy of the menu. It's your menu. And you have to do um breakfast afternoon tea free courses canapes petty fours all that sort of thing um which gives you a wide range of skills because you have to do lots of chefs don't know the pastry side of things because they've never had to do it um and then i've also been private catering in cooking for football players and things like that cooking um restaurant work you know i've done bits and bobs around the thing but i quit quite quickly realized that too shouty, sweary, too. <laughs> yeah, and I think a, I think a cookery school gives you a much better work-life balance as well, doesn't it? It does for sure. Mm. Yeah, because everything's you know the main things that we do in the day. Um, wrong, the hours could still be long, but that's because I'm choosing to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's wonderful. It's it's a, and we are um as a group, the Tame Food Festival directors. We're all coming to see you in February, aren't we? Yeah, going to come and spend an afternoon yeah. in your company eating mm. some delicious food probably but yeah. the, the reason that we're doing that is that so you you applied for the tame food festival bursary and just to explain it to everyone the bursary we we do every year we've had three now three winners um and we because obviously we had the covid year so we can mm. <laughs> so for when we launched yeah. it and the idea is to support a brand new business less than a year old we give a thousand pounds towards it we will offer a free stall at the festival lots of pr mentorship um you had an interview on the um interview masterclass stage didn't mm-hmm. you last year um and it's just and basically it's just sort of giving you a little boost a little something to you know to help your your business on its way and you came in to see us and uh we decided as a group that we thought yeah you're the winner and um, and it was great to see because you'd come. I think the previous year you'd attended, and mm. uh, just to just sort of you were putting your foot in the water a bit, weren't you? And sort of just starting to advertise your school, but obviously it had yeah. opened last year. So, 
What have you done with with the money? How have you used it towards your business? Well, I think when, when we did the application, we um, part of the reason, uh, part of the thing we applied for the bursary for was using the money to boost our awareness mainly. Um, website needed a little bit of professional touch to it, um, photography, that sort of thing. Um, and then using it as a sort of advertising budget as well, really, to get the word out. Because that's, I think, any business's main challenge to start with, is letting people actually know you're here. Because we, we know that the market's there for it. We've just got to get out to them. Um, so that's what we've been doing since, really, is spending time raising awareness. And, and we're seeing that come back now. You know, January is, January's been our busiest month ever. Wow. February's busier than that. And then March is set to be busier than that, so it's it's you know it's working, yeah. and we can sort of see that from around September from the festival. That's when we really saw it getting busier and busier. So it, in terms of not just the uh, you know the actual bursary amount, the actual money given, but the 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 awareness that the festival has given has been great. It's been wonderful for us. That's you lovely can, to hear. You can see the growth since. Yeah. yeah, that's so, wonderful to hear. Because so you had a stand um, right opposite the entrance into the Arsenal Food Market. We put a big sign there saying yeah. Tame Food Festival yeah. Bursary Winner. Yeah. And um, so obviously a lot of people came up and had a chat with you. And so that's fantastic. So you just managed to talk to people and get them to yeah. sign up onto your newsletter, things like that. So it really worked for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because when we came that first year, I mean, to be honest, we hadn't even signed the lease on here yet. We knew we were going to. You know, it was a pretty much done deal. But we wanted to jump at the chance when we saw the food festival. And I think I remember applying quite late, just going, please, can we come? You know, and you very graciously said, yeah, and give us a stall. And, um, you know, that was a borrowed gazebo and a quickly printed out banner that I think arrived the morning of the festival. The actual banner. And we just put it up. I knocked up some treats to tempt people in. And just, first of all, it was about gaining feedback what do you want from the company school because it's all right me assuming but i got loads of good ideas from people directly saying once you did this course i'd come um, and that was wonderful but then to go back you know a year later as the bursary winners felt amazing felt really really good so it, when we came up with the idea we just really wanted to give something back to the producers because it tame's always been about that it's always been about platforming mm. and our other event as well is exactly the same i feel very strongly about looking after our producers um food mm. producers drink producers um so that's how we started it and obviously our first winner was lisa who has tess's brilliant bakes she bought an oven yeah. with her money she's gone on and she's flying now she's a unit it's incredible and then ozzy wow. lala who um initially used to uh, come to us as a street food store mm. doing beautiful levantine food then he developed his own range of ambient products which are amazing um, so he's gone on to fly as well. He's got great taste awards um, uh, and yeah. just, you know, he's done incredibly. And so now we've got you guys as well. And it's just, it makes makes us all feel brilliant and a warm and cosy inside to see mm. that um, cool. we can help in some way. So that's just brilliant. So tell me a little bit more about the cookery schools. When I had a look mm. on your website again recently, um, mm. I just see you have such a wide range of courses. And I know you mentioned this, but it's so good mm. to have such a broad collection because 
you know, you have your um, your masterclasses, so you're sort of shortest and very, very reasonably priced, I hasten to add. I thought it was really, really well priced um, for your masterclasses. Then you have your full days, and mm. then you even do cooking with kids as well, which I love to see. Yeah, yeah, cooking with kids is great fun. Messy. I, I really enjoy them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, you know, funny enough, it can be a little bit. It can be a little bit chaotic. But actually, children are some of the easiest to teach because they just... They listen. They listen and they just do. Yeah. They don't overthink. Yeah, you know, you're right. The thing that adults we tend to worry if we're going to be wrong or this, that and the other, mm. they don't mind. They just have a nice time. Mm. Um, and they get a lot out of it. They really seem to enjoy it, the children that come. So that's always good fun. Um, yeah, we do have a wide range. And I think that's because I can't help myself. I love it all. So, you know, all the time I'm planning new courses and new ideas. We're about to start um, and develop a Beef Wellington course that we're going to do for the first time. Um, because, we, one, because we get a lot of requests for it. And two, it's quite special. Fancy. It's quite an intimidating thing to just make by yourself. So if we can take the pain out of that and just make it show you exactly how. Um, and, yeah, lots of different ideas and things to develop more because we want it to be accessible that's the key thing we want people to come and enjoy it not worry about whether they can do it or whether it's something they particularly want to know about you know so we try and keep it as as broad as we can yes i can see you've got an italian feast i'm just looking at my list here because i've written more down tapas and paella you've got patisserie and obviously the show-stopping veg you were talking about as well, and yeah. bread, seafood. Yeah. I mean, there are so many wonderful, wonderful ideas, and and people can just go on your website and book them, which is why it's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. It's all they have to yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> just go on, just book and turn up. People often ask, do I have to bring anything? And I say, no, just bring your appetite. There will be plenty of food. Yeah. Do you, yeah. So do so if you do a whole day course, do people mm. have lunch with you as well then? They sort of come in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. How does, how does the day pan out? Um, so take uh, tapas as an example, uh, which I love the tapas course because I spent years working in uh, Mallorca. So if it wasn't in the Alps in the winter, I was in Mallorca in the summer. Uh, so this tapas course is basically just all the things I loved to eat while I was there and learned about and discovered the ingredients and all this sort of thing. But in the morning, we'll come in around 10 o'clock, We'll get started, we'll settle in, have a little chat, coffee, tea, whatever it is. Um, and then I'll start on with the um, with the dishes. So it's the course is always a mixture of practical and demonstration, because that way you'll see more. If you have to, there are certain things that it's not worth necessarily you going off and repeating. Um, but we'll come in and I'll show you, say the first dish is usually pan consomme, something like that and just I just teach a very special a very simple but very special way to get amazing flavor out of it um and then we move on and we'll do start to go into demonstrations that you then follow up and do yourselves so padron peppers um garlic prawns that we do you know you had me at garlic prawns this is my favorite <laughs> i no, i just love garlic prawns I'm going to get yeah. that recipe from you. You're going to have to give it to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> when is it you're coming? Uh, 21st, remind me. I'll, 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 we'll Will do you? We'll do them then. Why not? Yes, please. That would be fantastic. I'll be looking forward to that. It would be wonderful. 
So yes, yeah, so it sounds like a fantastic day. So did, how do you finish up then? So on that one, then we'll then go and make um, paella. So I'll make us a paella. We'll eat that. We'll try a little, little bit of mine, then you can go off and make your own and sit down. Probably got some wine open at this point. Um, and then we all dig in, basically. Sit and eat and relax a little bit. And then once you've probably had a glass of wine, eaten quite a lot. Have a nap. Cooking, have a little nap if you want. <laughs> relax. And then I'll finish off by demonstrating and show some churros. Oh, so, lovely. Yeah, talking through that, talking through the recipe. It's recipes that I've designed and used over the years. And then we'll dig into those. And then, uh, can I can I request churros as well, please? Yes, yes. <laughs> can we come and see you? Oh God, I. Love we could do whatever you like, but we could just do tapas for lunch. Yes, like. that sounds fantastic. Sorted. Oh, it sounds like a wonderful day, and you do those with lots of different, you know, some of the Italian pieces, seafood. There are so yeah. many different days that you do. It sounds yeah. wonderful. Um, so going back very briefly to the bursary, um. Mm. If you were to say to somebody who is interested in applying, what would you say? Well, first of all, just just do the application. You know, stop, don't apply, go for it, why not? Um, but I would say the thing is to really think about what how it can benefit you because it's um, how you can use the money. If you set that out in your plan, which I think we did, you know, we tried to make that very clear that this is going to be very, very useful for us. Um, so really focus on what you're going to use the money for and how it can improve the business, how it can get the awareness out there and so on. Because it has really, really helped us. Um, so really confidence as well. Go for it in terms of know what you're about and know if your product you've got is good and, you, you know, you'll get there. Yeah, no, we're, and we're a friendly bunch as well, aren't we? When you come and see very us. Very much so. Very much. <laughs> all sitting around there, we're all very friendly. And final, <laughs> final question. Um, yes, chef. And actually, it's just like when you were talking about oh, the garlic prawns, you know, and they're a little bit buttery and all oily and sticky and gorgeous and dribbling down your face as you're eating them, pulling them apart. Mm. Um, it, we have a question that we ask at the, at the end of every chat with people mm. and it's your 50 shades of food okay so <laughs> the 50 shades title will give you an idea of what i mean so it's, it's yeah. something a little bit naughty a little bit filthy sticky you want to eat it mm. with all the curtains drawn the front door locked perhaps on your own in a bath naked if it's a bit messy what <laughs> what you know <laughs> how you he's blushed he's blushed i can see him blushing but you know what I mean, just a little bit naughty. Yeah. What would you do? What no, what would you do? What do you eat? Oh, excuse me, that's the coffee machine rinsing itself. <laughs> um see I don't know if mine's that necessarily naughty in terms of it's quite I think it's quite healthy, but it can get messy. Um I would say my ideal meal or thing I'd love is a, a freedom air, seafood platter. Yes. Just, as much as you can fit on whatever you've got to put it on. Pile it up high, um, scallops, prawns, uh, langoustines, crab, lobster, you know, if it's there, it's not necess necessary, but mussels, oysters, everything in a huge, big seafood platter. Then with some, so if you're thinking garlic butter, maybe to dip it all in, oh. little bread, all yeah. that kind of stuff, and just crack yeah. in and get involved. That's, I, that's my heaven. Yeah, I, 
I can agree with you. And when you say get involved, you know, you just know that when you're eating seafood like that, you're just pulling it apart and you're dipping mm-hmm. it in the butter or the aioli or some mayonnaise yeah, or garlic mayonnaise, yeah. just kind of just That's dipping it in and, and chewing it off and cracking claws and it's just yeah. going everywhere. It's an orgy of seafood, isn't it? This is, <laughs> I got the 50 shades in there, Simon. It's an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got it in but when you say you know a platter big enough why don't you just fill the whole of the tabletop well this is it yeah, yeah. I, I don't have an off switch when it comes to seafood and fish yeah you know, I'm with you just, people just say oh, a few scallops or something. I just keep going just keep going. Oh, it's wonderful. Hey, listen, Simon, it's just so lovely to talk to you. And I yeah, wish you I wish you well with um your cookery score. It sounds like it's just going amazingly and it looks gorgeous behind there, nice and cozy. It's in Haddenham in Buckinghamshire, Hartley's Cookery School. And um we will be seeing you shortly for those garlic prawns and tappers. I can't wait, my mouth is dribbling at the thought of them. And <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It's just been really lovely to chat to you. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Now to an utterly wonderful chef, gorgeous bird and lovely friend, Paula McIntyre. I caught up with her just as she was about to start filming the third series of her BBC show, Hamley Kitchen. We first met up when we were both new chefs on Ready Steady Cook many, many years ago. Paula McIntyre, hello. Hello, Lottie. How are you? I'm all right. <laughs> you look fantastic there. Sun shining today. It doesn't happen very often. I know it's beautiful. So t- now I'm going to yeah. just introduce you as Paula McIntyre. People will be watching you now at the moment on Hamley Kitchen on the BBC. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, I just want to talk about how you and I first met. So back in the late nineties, you and I were um, on a series of Ready Steady Cook. And we were chefs. We came on as chefs, didn't we? We were, were a new uh-huh, intake, yeah. a new intake of chefs. And uh, anyway, we filmed our various shows and stuff. And I remember at the um, end of series party in some very odd place in Soho. It was a oh, bit of a dark. Oh, do you remember it was? But we had to go down this alleyway. Yeah. Do you remember that? A really dark. I thought I was with Emma Crowhurst. Do you remember Emma? I do, yes. And uh, and we went down and we she said, Do you think this is a joke? Do you think this is like, you know, somebody's gonna pop out and say, You were never gonna be at that party or, or something, you know? <laughs> and then there was a code word, wasn't there, to get in? There was. Actually, gosh, yes, there uh-huh. was. That's weird. Uh-huh. I'd forgotten about that. And then suddenly yeah. you were let into this very dark, dingy place. It was it was completely bananas. And um I don't remember getting there. I vaguely remember leaving because I think we went to some club afterwards where I saw Rafe Bynes yeah. dancing and smooching with some bird. Remember that? And then I that was Annabelle's. Annabelle's was it? Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. I went to the loo's mm-hmm. and people were doing things on a loo system. And that, I remember, that's right. Yeah, and I remember saying to him, "That's very naughty. It's very naughty, and it's not going to do any good <laughs> <Naughty>. at all." <laughs> Naughty, naughty, <laughs> something well known. <laughs> something well. So, but I, I remember just chatting to you. <laughs> We'd all had quite a bit to drink, and I was talking. And then the next thing, you weren't in front of me, and I looked no. around. I thought, where's she gone? And then I looked down, and you were prostrate on the prostrate, prostrate, yeah. <laughs> not prostrate, prostrate. I think, I, I, think I went to, I went to, uh, I went to um, actually do that classic thing. There was a. It was a hat stand that I thought was stronger than it actually was. And I went to sort of lean against it and end up on the floor. 
in my defence, Your Honour. <laughs> oh, that was just so funny. And then I think mm. forward, the next time I saw you was only a few years ago at the BBC Good Food Show, where yeah, you that were. That was good fun, wasn't it? Oh, it was great fun, and you were there for Northern Ireland, weren't you? And then we yeah, did a invest in I. Yeah, I was hosting a tasting theatre. That was that was good fun. It was, yeah. You know, it was nice. It was great fun, and that was where you said the famous line to me, which still makes me laugh. You saw the lovely Giorgio Locatelli who'd been on the stage with me and you said you wanted to climb him like a tree and then <laughs> ride him like a train. <laughs> Lottie, darling, I don't think I said that. I can't imagine me saying that about, about the lovely Giorgio. <laughs> oh, God, I still, honestly, John and I still oh laugh God. about that. It was fantastic. So, <laughs> so in the interim of me, you know, knowing you in the late 90s and then obviously just up again recently what have you been doing i mean you've been very busy you are a very busy lady and you do an incredible amount of work for northern irish food and for northern ireland but and the slow food movement as well what is it you get up to well i mean every day is pretty different really but um over this past um sort of really 15 years i'd say northern food in northern ireland has completely changed lottie i mean if you look back 15 years ago I was doing a radio show um, for Radio what BBC Radio Ulster at that stage, and we well, there was there was nothing, you know, to there was really not there were no producers, very few producers. There were a few established ones like Ewing Seafood, and but I remember we found this woman outside Belfast who was growing peas and getting really excited about it, and um, and I've just watched this the food in Northern Ireland evolve over the years, and it's been great for me because I've been part of the whole journey and um you know the the people the, a lot of food producers are friends now really good friends and we've all sort of come on this together and I've just been really cooking their stuff and I've been you know been lucky enough to go abroad to showcase um food from Northern Ireland and uh I, I did teach for a while I taught from about two thousand but for 20 years I taught in an FE college and then I just I was getting busier and busier and uh, I gave that up three, four years ago. And uh, and now just uh, the TV, I have a TV series, but that just came out completely out of the blue, completely out of the blue and on, on, unexpected, completely unexpected. But that was lovely, a lovely thing. But the thing about it was, Lottie, I mean, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of young people think, oh, I just w want to do TV. I, want to do I mean, I to be honest with you, I, prefer, I always sort of preferred radio anyway. And uh, I was happy, you know. I don't. I don't need a TV show to validate myself, or I don't need any, you know. Or you know. So I. I was happy cooking, and I've always been happy cooking. And I never sought out a media career. That happened accidentally. Um, you know, I write for a couple of newspapers in Northern Ireland now. I do a radio slot every Saturday. I, I go over once a series to the Kitchen Cabinet on Radio Four. I'm working with the Food Program on Radio Four at the moment in the next couple of weeks. And that's all lovely. And I think I'm really lucky in that at the moment I've got a, in a position that I can sort of not pick and choose because I'll never do that after 2020. I'll just say yes to everything. But in, in a nice position that everything that I do is, is I'm enjoying it and working with different companies and, you know, just uh, uh, just really enjoying things and being able to sort of think oh that's nice I can do that because it's just a bit of fun you know and it's you know so it's been great so that's what I've been doing and 
then I start filming again for another series, another TV series next month. And that's brilliant fun. I mean, I, I love the TV company that I'm working with. Couldn't be better. Clean Slate Productions are fantastic. And they make they make a beautiful TV show. I mean, the, the scenery up where we're at here in the north coast of Northern Ireland is gorgeous. And, uh, and we've got great food as well. And the food, you know, what I cook is what the way I would um, cook anyway. And it's, um, you know, getting nice produce and doing things that look tasty that you really want to eat. And that's what it's about, Lottie, isn't it? I mean, we both have that mm. same philosophy. Totally. You, you, want to, you want to make things that think, oh, I want to eat that, not this yeah. tortured food with, you know, <laughs> If you ever see me with a set of tweezers, shoot me. Shoot you. And you know? me too. Oh, God. And phones, which just look like cuckoo spits sitting on the side of a plane. Yeah, I, you know. know what they're, they're, they yeah. should be, um, they should be, they should have died 15 years ago. Yeah. And they're still, still hanging you know, around. Gasp and they're, they're hanging around like this bat. They're hanging around like a pile of vomit in the grass. <laughs> they? they are. But your food is so beautiful. And I mean, I watch you on the Homely um, Kitchen and, your food is just my type of food. It is. It's comfort food. It's earthy. It's yeah. rustic. It's homely. It's cuddly. It's <laughs> rib you know, rib sticking. It's yeah. it, but it's delicious and it's honest food. And that's the main thing about it. We're not fanning around, as you say, with tweezers and no. doing silly no. things. I mean, I look at food like that sometimes, and this is no disrespect to some amazing chefs out there and some of them who are, you know, I know. But when someone has fiddled with their hands with the food so much, uh, yeah. I know where chefs sometimes do put their hands as well, you know? And <laughs> we both do. We both do. So I just look at it sometimes, yeah. and I know most chefs are absolutely fantastic, but there's the odd grub. Yeah. Um, but also, I just, I don't, I don't like food mess messed around. That's why I like Italian food so much, because again, exactly. it's very exactly. honest. It's, it's of it's a place, it's of an ingredient, it's about where, you know, it's, it's seasonal. I think that's still something we've got, that people have got a lot to learn. Mm. You know, and you know, we're flying things into this country like baby sweet corn and green beans and asparagus off season, and they're stinking, they're mm. rotten. Mm. And I don't understand anybody who would now eat asparagus when we have got the most beautiful winter lakes that taste of they're just gorgeous, and you throw them on the barbecue and take them out when they're hot and put a beautiful dressing on it. And and then you know, you see I see menus and they've got this, you know, farm fish with that shitty asparagus over the top of it. Mm. Asparagus is in season in May mm. and it and it grows beautifully month, in literally. the veil of Asia. Yeah. Eat it then, mm. enjoy it then and forget about it. It's a beautiful memory and it's something that you're going to think, oh next year this the English asparagus season is going to come and I'm going to eat it then and forget about it. I think we need we don't we, we demand things all year round now. And that's it's it's boring. Totally, you know, I want totally to look. Agree. I want that sense of anticipation about food. You know, I want to think. I think now I'm thinking. Oh, the wild garlic's going to come up soon. You know, the elderflowers are going to arrive soon. You know, I'm going to. You know, uh, I've got a guy. You know, he's going. He's doing mutton for me, but I have to wait for it. It's not. It's not a thing in order. But when it comes, I'll be like, Oh my god, I've got mutton. You know, yeah. and that's the thing. You know, we need to. I think we need to get back to and respect food and respect where it comes from and not all this demanding stuff that's been flown here never mind the air miles um just it doesn't taste nice yeah strawberries for example 
Oh yeah, my I god! I see strawberries in supermarkets in January, and they taste of nothing. They're woolly. There's nothing good about them, and I'm I'm, I'm just nothing. totally with you. You know, I like come asparagus season. I will gorge on asparagus. Me I will too. Have so Me much too. asparagus, I'm sick of it. Courgettes. When I grow them in the garden, oh, yeah. I eat oh, them God. all summer. John last year was like, really? Courgettes again? I was like, yeah, really. You know, we had yeah. almost two and a half months of fresh, beautiful courgettes. I don't want to know them at this time of year. As you say, no, new potatoes, broad beans, you know, wild garlic. I love wild garlic. Oh, Go God. What? Broad beans are the best, aren't yeah, they? They're gorgeous and fresh. They're they beautiful. They really are, yeah. We've oh, they're all, beautiful. Yeah. You're right. It's all that anticipation, all that excitement about something coming in, eating within that rhythm of the seasons. It just makes such a difference. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally with you on that. You're, you are, you are, you know, we are on, completely on the same. Yeah. The same page on yeah. that. And I was also looking at, um, I was looking about you, I was looking you up. And uh, <laughs> your people come from Isla. Do you mm-hmm. know where my people come from? Where? Um, Ireland. Uh, no, yeah, there's a little bit of Ireland. I've done a there genetic is, thing. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of Scotland. A lot of Scotland, but yeah. Sky. It's Sky oh, for me. Oh, lovely. So yeah. not too far. Not too far, yeah. So I've got, my yeah. great-grandmother was born on the Isle of Skye. I've got a massive oh, Scottish oh. line that comes down, yeah. I know, it's really cool. And, that, and, and the Duncan's not that side, is it? Obviously, that's it's a, grand, a That's it a or? Scottish Duncan. That's a Scottish mm-hmm. Duncan um, from Edinburgh yeah. side. But that's my dad's side. But my mum's side is Skye. And also, so you're, you're um, pretty Scottish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love that. I think it's, yeah. you know, it's completely rubbish. I've hardly been to Scotland. I must. Uh, John and I are thinking we want to go up there and check it all out in, in June, maybe just uh, for yeah. Isla is beautiful. I mean, we're we're sort of um, we're, if you if you get a boat at, to Isla, it's about a couple of hours. I'm not sure how far it is actually, but it's like another world. So you leave the north coast of Northern Ireland, you go on this bumpy trip over, and the next thing you're in this sort of like Disneyland island of whiskey. <laughs> no, and, it's, and everybody waves at you. And the first time I was there, I was thinking, did I know people? But the, the locals wave everybody. They wave all the visitors. Um, they're so friendly. The distilleries, the, the whiskey's fantastic. The gin's from that botanist, botanist gin. It's from Isla. So, so. Uh, so but then make... we've, got, we've got good stuff here now, too. We've got great gins. And I I'm actually them... developing one myself. Now. Are you? So Are the, you? Yeah, with a local company, yeah. Um, a young company, they um basalt basalt rock gin, and uh, they approached me and we're we're making a we're we're de- we've developed this gin and we'll hopefully bring it out in May, and it's uh, all my favourite things that I like to cook with, um, like lemon verbena, um, elderflower, meadow sweet, mm. and gorse. <gasps> so it's kind of it's very fresh. It's a wee bit of ginger in it as well. So it's a very it's a summer it's going to be a summer. Oh, that edition. sounds delicious. So nice. Yeah, that sounds. I was when you said you could put all your favourite things in. I was wondering if Giorgio Locatelli might be popping in there as well. He could go in there too. <laughs> Giorgio Locatelli sweat just at the end. <laughs> I'm glad you said sweat. I was a bit worried there for a second. Oh, you see, Giorgio Locatelli. I mean, I I I was lucky enough to judge with Giorgio. At the Food and Farm Awards, and that's why I knew him at the BBC show. Lottie, I wasn't just that wasn't just an instant reaction. Though we had form, so uh, <laughs> but I love his his the way he cooks. And I remember he told me one time, you know, cook. You know, Italian food is ninety percent shopping. Yeah, isn't it? Yes, you're right. And it is about getting the ingredients, and you know, and that's what 
I mean, that's the way it should be. You know, people panic about food and about having people to their house. And I would just go, go and buy some cheese, go and buy get some good bread. You can get great chutneys and crackers now, get a lovely charcuterie board, put some olives, stick that down in the middle of the table, open up a couple of bottles of wine. You haven't had to cook anything and I guarantee everybody will go away happy. Yeah, exactly. Take the stress out of it completely. Mm-hmm. And I've mean, exactly. got cheese and wine. I mean, I just love cheese. It is, oh, you know, I can't get enough of cheese. I, I always say there's never enough cheese on anything as far as I'm concerned. No, I'm the same. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's just, you know, if you get a lovely, you know, like that Bartswell cheese, oh, yes. you know, the sheep's cheese. Yeah, oh, my God. And you just that. grate that over it. And it's like, and uh, we, we're really lucky um, just in a couple of towns away. There's a beautiful cheese shop, but it's we've got lots of Irish cheeses, but also, you know, you can go there and you can get like Beauville and, you know, diff- different cheeses from England and Scotland, Errington. You know, and I think that's, you know, I'm not just saying this because it's, you know, but I really do think we need to support each other. Yes. So I don't, you know, they have people, like a lot of chefs are talking about a 10 mile menu and all that. I, I'm not into that. I, I really like to support different, you know, different places and you know if you can get um if you can get cheese from scotland or lamb from scotland i'll use it it's all about quality isn't it, is, it? Totally. And we need to support each other yeah and it's interesting you say it because we do that with our food festivals so um, a lot of food festivals just do the 30 mile radius and tame food festival yeah. did that for a period of time and but for me i don't i don't agree with that because there are national artisan and beautiful producers that i want to bring to the west country or to oxfordshire Mm -hmm. you know because it's important Mm -hmm. that people get to try them and it's important that those producers get a chance to expand their audience as well and there are so many amazing we have um, an incredible peanut butter uh, producer Uh down in cornwall called Frida's um she's going to be on the podcast soon and their their peanut butter is second to none so I want them to come but I'm not going to charge them more money because they're coming from a distance they should be actually charged the same mm-hmm. because they're driving to, to get to yeah <laughs> <the festival>. exactly <laughs> but I mean there are so many wonderful producers out there who are struggling at the moment big time you know because yeah they're losing their restaurants a lot of them because they're all in pubs mm-hmm. which are going down by the wayside but also just you know with the hike in feed costs and electricity mm-hmm. costs and everything so we do everything need to, yeah. yeah we need to give them as much support as we can yeah i know i agree entirely and you know and plus food, food festivals are they, you know they're 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 educate you know they're, they're platforms to educate people and you know you need to you need to look above your own horizon don't you and just you know i mean it's like we've we've a couple of really good food festivals here we've got like a potato festival but everybody you know there's you know people come and I think that's important just to be you know to have as many people as possible you know and, and to have as much produce as possible potato festival I, yeah. I want to go to that that sounds amazing because I just I mean, I, potato oh, festival when, when, yeah. when is that when is it I think it's in May it's in May <gasps> why didn't you come over to it oh, I'd love to I'll look that you up. could you could come and do a podcast at it and I, yeah honestly you should come over because it's like it's the cumber early so it's got pgi status so it's um it's it's a wee bit like um a pembroke pembrokeshire early you yeah. know it's one of those we it's that style it's a home guard it's grown on, on a, a sort of an inlet a, a peninsula in northern ireland so it's a, a it's um a lovely sort of inlet um that goes out to the sea but it's protected you know, and it's and and the farmers talk about the sea 
you know, um, forming this warm blanket, you know, that the this the air and it is like a, and the spot this potatoes are beautiful, honestly. Mm. They're so good. And we've got this uh you know Abernethy butter here, which is a char a hand churn butter, and they do have a dulse one. So when you do, you know, the, the you get your um you get your cumber early potatoes and you give them a shake around the pan with a lot of dulse butter, and that's really all you need. Oh, that's life. Amazing. In life, full stop. Yeah, that yeah. and Giorgio Locatelli. That, a bottle of wine and Giorgio Locatelli <laughs> feeding them to you. I hope he doesn't listen. I'm not listening to this. You know? <laughs> oh, I hope he does. I hope he does. He actually, when, I, when he did a demonstration on the stage I was hosting, and he did um, the one, and it was an amazing thing, and I've used, done it ever since, and he was cooking fish with his pasta, and he put lemon rind in with his water to cook his pasta, which I thought oh. was genius. Yeah. Oh. You see, that's the kind of thing, isn't mm. it? And again, like you know, Giorgio's food is, is, is simple, but it's so, and I, I love the way he cooks know the way he, he moves he moves with it he's, he's it's he does he's like just a he's ballerina like he's, isn't he <laughs> exactly he's like a he isn't he he's yeah. like a he's like a dancer mm. yeah mm. No, he, he is, is. no and, and, it, and his food always tastes so beautiful yeah. you know no, he did the monkfish dish it was absolutely scrumptious it really was. but that's a great but you see things like that like putting lemon rind in the water I mean, my God, like, that's just genius. Yeah, I know. I know. Simple genius. Yeah, done know? it ever since, and it's made such a difference. You need to have the nice Amalfi lemons to go there. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, which yeah. makes yeah. all the difference, doesn't it? They're, 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 exactly. Worth, worth that bit extra money, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. They are yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're they're big and you get so much out of them, don't you? Just divine. They're so sweet as well. We yeah. had um, we were in Amalfi. We had pizzas there, and there was um, the pizza was uh, it wasn't a it was a white pizza, so it didn't have the tomato uh-huh. sauce. It just had um, it had provolo cheese and pushquito. I can never say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then slice thinly sliced lemon on top. It was amazing. Oh yeah. And one of the most genius things I've ever had can of the most beautiful anchovies mm-hmm. which they peeled back warmed just warmed the tin oh. with the anchovies in okay served it on a plate the anchovies in the tin on a plate with a slice of thin sourdough some um, butter and some um, amalfi lemon shreds and all i did was just butter sort of smear the paste of anchovy oh, on God. top with a lemon and it was one of the most oh exquisite things i've ever tasted it was divine and so simple we're talking about simple and talking about as you, you said see, you know what babe, I, I haven't had any breakfast yet <laughs> uh, i my my stomach's sore now you know that pain just <laughs> we're thinking about that but i can taste it yeah it and is. what a lovely thing you don't need to don't need to empty it into a pan just warm it gently yeah. in the tin yeah Isn't it's, it great? it's genius oh. genius so paula this is the, the <laughs> final question okay and this is what i ask everybody I'm going to say it in very, my seductive tones as if I was talking to Joshua. Right. <laughs> so, Paula, what is your 50 shades of food? Okay, Something a bit filthy, something you want to eat on your own, perhaps with the mm-hmm. door locked, the curtains pulled, yeah. dim the lights, bit of me time, just you and something to eat. What is it? Right. It's, it, it would probably be um, potato gnocchi. Nice and I and an obscene amount of white truffle oh. and butter. You know, yes. toss the toss it in a good bit of butter, bit of parmesan. 
Notice it goes nice and glossy. Yes. And then loads of shaved white truffles over the top. Oh, that sounds amazing. And just, yeah, curtains pulled. Yeah. Anything Me. particular on the telly what? or you just... Probably Georgio, just yes. reruns. <laughs> <laughs> just you. You and Georgio and some truffle gnocchi. I love that. Oh. <laughs> make me laugh I we're coming over to see you because actually well I think I might have to put my liver into a little bit of workout beforehand obviously just to make sure it's all up to scratch um, oh my liver's done <laughs> Lovely. I, I'm, I'm all over that now it's my liver I've, I've, um, I've had to cut back on my drink it's been awful oh, it's just been the most horrendous time but it's all it's all I'm, I'm having blood tests and it's all it's, it's all, all okay. going in the right direction but oh, I've had good. to be I've had to cut back and be, I have to drink like a normal person. <laughs> the doctor said to me, um, he said, uh, now, would you have more than 14 units? And I'm like, well, when? <laughs> and he said, well, over a week. And I'm like, I had 14 units waiting for the taxi to come to take me out for dinner. So he said, he said, I don't know, my, my, my patients aren't normally this honest. And I'm like, well, I just need to get a, a steer in this to tell you what's happening. So anyway, I've come back. Feel a million times better for it actually. I never thought That's I'd good. say that, but yeah. I have a I have a wee odd, you know. I still have a few drinks, but it's mm. more about quality now. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about nice Barolos, <laughs> nice Amarone, you know, a nice, you know, um, a, a really good, you know, maybe have a, a splashed out in the old Montrachet, you know. So it has been because you can afford to when you're not, you know, yeah, drinking like a sailor off and leave from the submarine that they've been on for six months. So. <laughs> So it's all good. Yeah. If you come to Ireland and yeah. I will, you know, I'll save up my 14 units for you that night. <laughs> oh, please. Although I'm completely rubbish nowadays. A couple of drinks and I'm the one that loses, misses the handstand. The hat stand yeah, and falls yeah, over. Yeah. Completely rubbish. Oh, no, that would, be a, that would be a dream. So we're definitely, I certainly like the idea of oh, that festival. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And um, I'm going to ask you if you'd like to come to our food festival in Tame in October the 1st, if you'd like to come on the stage. Oh, because I know you were going to come in 2020 and then that ruddy plague actually. happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love that, actually. Yeah. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Well, we can sort out yeah. all the details, but Sunday, the right. 1st of October, it would just be a joy to have you there. It really would be. Oh, no, that would be lovely. And yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll bring a bottle of my own gin, hopefully, for that <laughs> hey. stage. Yeah. And your cookery yeah. books, because you can some do gin. book signings and all the all Yeah, I've got a few books. I did a, I did a rerun, actually, which wanted to do a, a, a cookbook with Hamley Kitchen. But it's quite awkward, you know, with the way with BBC books and things. So I did a rerun of my last one and, you know, it's, it's gone really well. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's I did a, it's sort of a timeless book. You know, it's all nice sort of recipes that you could give to a newlywed, you know, to start them off. And, uh, and some of the stuff, you know, like the buttermilk cake that I did in the TV shows in the book. So it's yeah. just, you know, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. Sometimes nice to... Yeah, so I'm gonna bring a I'll, I'll bring my van over, Lottie. Oh, will you? Load of gin, load of gin on the back, load of books, cook things. I bring some eels. Oh, bring some Loch Ness eels could, and you some cumber early potatoes. Yeah, oh my God, you could... could be flogging that at the back of your van. I'll let you do that. Yeah, just by the stage. Bags of spuds. <laughs> 
the other. You get the free book with the bag of swabs. Here you are now. Only a tenner. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to talk thank to you. Thank you, Lottie. Thank absolute, you. Lovely to see you. You're an absolute tonic. You really are. Especially after the tax <laughs> bill I had this morning. So that was a joy. <laughs> well, I had mine. I had mine at the end of um, end of January, and I must say that a little tear fell down my eye. <laughs> You know, when I, when I saw it. But anyway, it's, you know. It's, it's, it's life, isn't yeah. it? It's one of these things. It is. Death and taxes, Lottie. Death and taxes. And we, we should pay taxes because we have to pay taxes to keep the company. You know, I don't country. mind paying taxes. No, I, I don't, don't mind either. paying. I don't. No, it's one of those things that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. All right, my darling, on that All right. cheery note, um, I will see you very soon. You will. Thanks a million, Lottie. Oh, Paula, can't wait to see you in September at Tame Food Festival. I'll bring Giorgio. <laughs> now, you just have to look at TikTok to see the popularity of air fryers. We watch some of these films and find that many of the recipes are fairly average and a bit samey. So enter Claire Andrews, who thought the same. She decided to start cooking better ones, which has led to a huge following on Instagram and a brand new book out with some delicious, fresh and original recipes to cook in your air fryer. So I'm talking today to the gorgeous... Um, Claire Andrews, and you're sitting there in your beautiful house in Shabingdon, is that right? Near it Tame, is, yeah. near Tame. Yeah. And um, we've kind of contacted each other over Instagram, as so many people have done, because um, I think I started following, you started following us, and anyway, yeah. it's perfect. It's, it's like serendipity, it's one of the, all the stars have aligned, because <laughs> you are, I should say, air fryer Claire, and um, and you've got a book that's just come out, which we'll talk about in a second. And uh, we so we were just sort of just chatting over Instagram, and I said, "Oh, well, let's get you on the podcast." And oh, would you like to come to Tame? So we've managed to arrange all of these fantastic things. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's great to finally meet you. Oh, and you! Thank you so much for having me on. I know it's a total it's a total pleasure. In the background, there might be a little bit of drilling. I think something's going on outside. There it is. Did you hear that? It's. Yeah, um, I think there's some scaffolding going up. So just apologies for that. It's not much I can do about that. Um, so how did you sort of start air frying? You know, what made you buy one and start giving it a go? Well, it was a gift during lockdown from my mum. Um, obviously, we were all indoors. A little bit bored. Could only bake so much banana bread. <laughs> and um, my mum just said, I've sent you something, you know, keep you entertained. Uh, and it came through the post, and I have to say, I had no idea what to cook in it at all. So I spoke to friends and family, did some Googling, and everything was quite vague. It was chips and wedges, um, reheating frozen foods like hash browns and, and chicken nuggets. And I just thought, they're not cheap, so there, there has to be something more that you could do. So I just took myself on a little journey, really, because... Um, you know, I didn't really have much else to do, couldn't work during lockdown. So, um, and I just found that there was all these gorgeous things that you could do. I mean, fish, salmon in it, cod. Um, and then I started experimenting with vegetables and adjusting the timings because the air fryer didn't come with any timings. And it was the timings that I found and the temperature really quite confusing. Um, and I just logged it on Instagram personally for a start for me. So I was like, well, okay, so I did that for that. So I'll adjust that for that. And then I just got this following started and asking me questions. And it kind of felt like a journey we were going through it together. 
Um, and it was just great. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was brilliant. It's a perfect time in lockdown as well. I mean, there was awful things going on yeah. in the world, but it was a time oh. where we could really try different things, wasn't mm. it? And and give oh, things yeah. a go. Um, John and I did silly little cooking films every day just to give ourselves some structure you know and also yeah. as I, I say to everyone to stop us being functioning alcoholics which was very easy to do in lockdown Absolutely. on those long summer days um but you know it's 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 a fascinating journey that you've taken yourself and what what did you do prior to sort of lockdown what, what, what's your work before um before lockdown I worked in education for years about 10 years in primary education um and then lockdown happened obviously Schools were very different when that happened. I think um, it was quite a scary. I found it quite a, a scary place to be. Um, I actually got quite poorly during lockdown um, and had a bit of a rethink with with my life. Really, um, took a year out. Um, really enjoyed doing air frying, but also other things as well. Um, yeah, and then this just has built up and built up, and yeah. And now got, my full-time full-time job and you've got a and you've got a book deal so we're going to talk about this yes. book because this has just come out um yes. and the air fry cookbook and it's number one i've just seen today on amazon is that right it's i think it's number it keeps on fluctuating yeah so it's number 12 it finished out last night um in all books um i think it's number one on sainsbury's and asda and it is it's fluctuating all the time um but it came out on thursday just thursday just literally thursday. just thursday yeah. and you're already just in that thursday. position well that's incredible yeah, yeah isn't yeah. it yeah and, it's, you know, it's been amazing and i've seen on instagram that you've been doing all the tours of various places do you do you go into yeah. bookshops and move yours to the front <laughs> no, my sister does, and my friend Nancy does, which is brilliant. So, no, I don't, I can't take credit for that. No, I don't, not at all. Um, but it, it's amazing. I went into my local Waitrose for shopping on Thursday, and I didn't for a second think it would be there. Um, and there it was. Oh. There's only two left. So it's really cool. Does that it's feel really? Moment. Yeah, that's yeah. that's your baby, and it feels so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a weird feeling, but yeah, amazing, really. I hope you've done lots of selfies in front of all of those. You know, sort of tried things. to. Um, I, I'm not very good at selfies, so uh, yeah, I let my partner do that. I'm not very good at selfies. <laughs> we just pick them. You should just pick them off the shelf in Sages and throw them in people's shopping carts as you go past. <laughs> Accidentally. Yes. Here you go. <laughs> no, I think it's wonderful. I love that idea. It's a great idea. Yeah, I know. It's honestly, it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's one. So. Um, also, when I'm looking at the book, how do you how did you sort of structure it? Because I actually haven't seen a copy. I'm going to go and get one. I'm going to I'm going to order it. Okay. Um, I have to get an air fryer though as well. That's another story. John oh. John is after an air fryer, so I have to yeah, get one of those. First. Well, if you get the book, then you can kind of entice him. Oh, look, John. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Things we can. We what can do we create. can do? <laughs> um, so, so my my main um, priority when I was creating the book is I wanted it to be simple to follow. Um, I wanted people. I know a lot of people felt the same as I did when I first got mine. A little bit scary, that you know, all these buttons and timings. And so I really wanted it simple, easy to follow. I wanted it to be recipes that you didn't have to go to the shop for and, and look for obscure, obscure ingredients. Everything you've got in a cupboard, fridge, using vegetables up, using... Because that's what I spent a lot of time in lockdown doing, was using up what we had and making the most of what we had. And... Because an air fryer is low cost, 
you know, doesn't use as much energy. I wanted to keep all of that together, really. So all my recipes are quite simple, easy to follow, to make with children. You can bake, you, you know, main meals, your dinners and lunches and breakfast. I wanted to have a whole variety um, of things for everyone to be able to cook. Everyone from, you don't have to have the high range air fryer. You can have, you know, whatever, whatever price. Um, and however big the air fryer, you can double the ingredients, which I make quite clear in the book as well, you know. And I think your segue from education into this actually works really well because I think they're probably a lot more clear and succinct and mm. uh, in explaining how everything is done. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I've got an amazing team at Penguin. I mean, without them, it wouldn't be possible. Um, they've been fantastic. But creating this book together, definitely. And making, especially when you're given an instruction, make, it might make sense to me, but to make sense to somebody else, you've got to be, you know, be really, really careful of the wording and what you say i've enjoyed every single minute oh that's wonderful and all the recipes as you've tested them did you get some of your friends to to try them as well absolutely my neighbors yeah my my son's 16 so he's tested everything twice (laughs) um and then they were all tested in the kitchen when we shot for the for the book as well so they've been um they've been tested thoroughly shall we say oh it's the most (laughs) wonderful thing so um, when we were chatting on Instagram, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to get you along to Tame Food Festival this September um, and get you onto the master class stage. So that is hosted by Susie Pelter. And uh, it's uh, it's we, we're combining two things this year on that stage. Last year we had the master class and we had the interview, the sort of producer interview um, stage. But we're going to amalgamate this, this year all together. And... Um, Susie's going to host it, and you're going to do a couple of masterclasses, one on each day. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, so I think it's going to be really exciting because I think it's so relevant now the air fryer, obviously mm-hmm. with energy costs, and it's yeah. such a big thing. I think people want to come and learn, so it's going to be brilliant that you're going to come and give your time um, over the weekend for people to be able to watch, and then we can do a bit of a book signing afterwards. Bring loads of books along. Oh, I'll be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I will. I will absolutely, and I think just to show the people how easy it actually can be mm. as well. Um, and for me, that's that's a huge message that I'd like to get across to everyone. It can be simple. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated at all. Yeah. No, it's going to be really exciting. I'll be there. I'll be watching. Because I'll, oh, probably, I'll probably have got one by then, so I'll be needing, needing help. Um, <laughs> I am a chef, but, you know, it's a completely <laughs> new piece of kit. You can come and do it with me. <laughs> Together. I'll be what is it I'll be a Madge in the background you remember Dame Edna with Madge I'll be a Madge um so uh, I'm going to ask you this question that's asked what I ask everybody and it's always I think it's just a great insight into people um but I'm going to ask you about your 50 shades of food now you probably because I know you've heard the podcast so you know what this is about this is something a little filthy a little dirty perhaps on your own in fact I should insist you eat this on your own uh, with the with the door locked, the curtains closed. It's the me time. Turn down the lights. Put some soft music on. Bit of Barry White. Whatever you want. It's just <laughs> it's just you and your Fifty Shades. This is just so tricky because there's a couple, but my Fifty Shades of food has to be a kebab. I absolutely love a kebab. Doesn't it have to be a doner kebab? It can be a chicken or a lamb. We have the most amazing kebab van in town. And it's, I, what I love about it is the spicy, the sweet, the salty, the different toppings you can get, the ingredients, and how it really is quite messy. Yeah, it's very I messy. Love it. So it's not date food. It is definitely on your own glass of wine, curtains, <laughs> doors shut, <laughs> watching a bit of Friends on a Friday night. 
Um, and that is my fifty-seven. Yeah, and they're actually quite healthy as well. There's a lot of vegetables in there. They can be. Yeah. Five a day can go in there, you know, your lettuce, the tomatoes. Yeah, you can all go in there. As you bury yeah. your face into it and you're absolutely right, exactly. it is filthy messy, isn't it? You're going to get oh, it down your front. Messy. Oh, I love it. That's, oh, that's, my, that's definitely it. That's, that's definitely the one. It. That's the one. Yeah. Wonderful. Brilliant. Oh, Claire, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you at Tay, meeting you in, in the flesh mm-hmm. as well, which would be great. And as a local mm-hmm. lady, I think it's so important that you're joining us at the event. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And for me, it is my local food festival and Tame is my local town. And it means so much for you guys to invite me there. I oh, really no. can't wait. It's going to be oh, a great it's, weekend. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And um, good luck with everything. Good luck with the book. Thank you. I hope Thank it sells millions, millions, oh, millions. <laughs> millions and Thank millions. You so much. Thank you so much for having me on as oh, well. It's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You'll be able to see Claire and watch her air fryer masterclasses at the festivals this year. And guess what? Last week, I went away for two days. Yes, I left John alone for just 48 hours and I came back to an air fryer, proudly sitting on the work surface. Not sure where we'll put it, but safe to say we'll be cooking from Claire's cookbook. Apparently, it's a Prezi. Thank you, John. Well, that's it for this week. Another cosy steamed pudding of foodie chat squidginess. It's been a joy to spend time with this lovely lot. Next time, we'll meet two amazing women who produce two of my absolute favourite products. Sarah Churchill from the Artisan Kitchen. Her marmalade is marvellous. And Lisa from Frida's Peanut Butter. I'll also be chatting with my matey Ben Ebrill from Sorted Food. And his Fifty Shades of Food really surprised me. Although, I will be giving it a go. See you then. you like listening to our podcast we just love producing it if you think you know someone that would enjoy listening to it too please share and pass on please like and follow us on the platform you listen with we are on instagram truly scrumptious podcast and of course there are our festivals where this podcast stems from bradford on avon food and drink festival and tame food festival website links are on our profile but just google them and you'll find us and buy tickets to visit thanks again for listening